I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. You know, when it comes to something like rice drying, you're dealing with movement of moisture from within the rice to the outside environment. This area of research holds huge promise, no doubt, in making um, our foods more safe. There's great need to come up with techniques that not only can optimize the yield, but can also increase the value of rice that is harvested. Welcome back to another episode of Water and Food. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Griffiths Atungulu and his graduate student Abbas Oduola to discuss the rice processing program at the University of Arkansas. Dr. Atungulu's background is in agricultural engineering, while Abbas is working towards a PhD in cellular and molecular biology. Let's hear what they have to say on water and food. Thank you both for being here today and happy Friday. How are you guys doing? Uh, well, we are doing very well. Thank you very much for having us. Of course. And Abbas, what about you? How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for, for this. Of course. Uh, I've been hoping to get a, a, some, univers- some university members on the podcast for a while, and, and I'm happy to have you guys as, as the first uh, podcast guests coming from the University of Arkansas. Uh, can you tell me how long you've been at the University of Arkansas, Dr. Antugulu, and what brought you to this university? How, how did you end up there? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for the opportunity. Yes, uh, at the univ- I've been at the University of Arkansas for close to eight years now, almost going nine. And uh, before moving here, I was at the University of California, Davis. And uh, at the University of Arkansas, my area of expertise is primarily in uh, grain processing and post-harvest systems engineering. And uh, I'm a professor here. At the same time, I'm also uh, the interim director of our University of Arkansas rice processing program. And so, like I mentioned, uh, my area is in, in, is in grains, and uh, Arkansas is one of the grain hubs of the United States. Uh, we have a lot of rice. In fact, produce 50% of the U.S. rice. And so conducting research in this place is a very, very uh, a good area for my kind of training. And so uh, that's what I do conduct research and also teach at the same time. And uh, you guys are just starting your semester now. Uh, what's that look like for you? Are, are you teaching in person? Are, are you back online? Uh, what what kind of system do you guys have for this upcoming semester? Well, we have all types of systems going on here, really. Uh, we have uh, primarily face-to-face. We decided to come back to face-to-face. Uh, but of course, we are giving uh, allowances for a uh, few cases where we may have to implement hybrid systems. Uh, there's good flexibility and uh, good coordination from the administration for us to offer students the learning environment that will be provide them with the highest level of education, but at the same time maintain uh, the highest level of safety where their health is concerned. And Abbas, what about you? How long have you been at uh, the University of Arkansas and, and working on your PhD? Um, thank you. First of all, um, I'm very happy to be here today. And I've been working on my PhD for about three years now. I joined Dr. Singulu's lab in the fall of 2018. So I'm just starting my fourth year of my PhD program. Well, congrats. And, uh, uh, is the end in sight for you? How much more do you have for your PhD? Well, it's hard to tell for <laughs> any um, every PhD program, but I believe with hard work mm-hmm. and hope, um, the, the hand is in sight. Mm-hmm. 
And what brought you to uh, this specific university? How, how did you find Dr. Adungulu's lab and, and what excited you about working with him? Well, before I moved to the United States in the fall of 2018, so I am originally from Nigeria. So I was searching for schools in the US. Uh, my um, keywords were the research I'm interested in. And Dr. Adungulu's lab came up and um, I reached out to him and we had um, several meetings. So after a while, I realized that what he's doing is a perfect fit for my current and future goals. And um, to add to that, Fayetteville is ranked the fourth best place to live in in America. Mm -hmm. And again, we have a lot of rise in Arkansas, so it's a win-win situation for me. Well, perfect. And uh, uh, Dr. Adentugulu, I understand that you are working with the rice processing program. What is this program and what's the goal of it? Thank you very much. So uh, maybe just a brief history. You know, uh, I can't mention the rice processing program without really mentioning uh, our founder uh, and the first director of the program, who was Terry Seben Morgan. Uh, Terry Seben Morgan, uh, conducted a lot of research in the area of rice post-harvest processing. And in 1994, uh, he established the University of Arkansas Rice Processing Program. And uh, the primary goal really was to conduct research in the areas of pre-harvest physiology, drying of rice, milling, storage, end-use processing, and sensory analysis that would address the needs of the US industry. And uh, the ultimate goal of this uh, basically was to enhance the quality and the value of rice and rice products. And as uh, we've mentioned, you know, we have a lot of rice. We produce most of the rice in the U.S. We have different cultivars of rice. And uh, you can agree with me that uh, there's great need to come up with techniques that not only can optimize the yield, but can also increase the value of rice that is harvested, preserve it from a deterioration and make sure that uh, the producer gets the highest uh, returns out of the commodity. And so uh, that's what we do. Uh, after its establishment, uh, industries have come on board and become sponsors of the program. Uh, we have several industries that, uh, that sponsor their program. And uh, what they do is uh, they give us feedback on what are the research needs. And uh, we conduct research in coordination with our students. And then at the end of the day, we release those results back to them so that they can implement them to improve uh, their processing. Uh, I would say that uh, every year uh, in May, we hold an annual meeting uh, at which our students uh, provide uh, feedback in terms of presentations. And uh, we also get some uh, feedback from uh, the audience. And so that is the nature of the program uh, that has grown to become very impactful. I think one of its kind in the US and uh, maybe one of the leading rice processing programs in the world. And Abbas, how are you contributing to this program? What, what is your research focused on and um, how are you giving back to this program? Um, thank you so much for that. Dr. Sengulu has um, kind of mentioned about the diversity and um, different areas of rice research in the rest of Arkansas. Well, as far as, uh, as far as my research is concerned, I'm focused on the microbial safety of rice. I'm talking about bacteria and fungi. So my research is actually focused on narrowing down to mycotoxin contamination of rice. So we use different um, 
novel equipment, such as microwave and infrared, to dry and disinfect rice so that our rice will be free of um, harmful fungi and toxin. And how are you conducting your research? And, and maybe you both can um, answer this question. Are you doing research in the lab? Are you partnering with farmers in the area? What does that look like? Yeah, so if I may jump into that, you know, uh, there are t almost uh, three ways that uh, we conduct research. Uh, number one, uh, like I mentioned, we are in an engineering area and uh, we do a lot of modeling and simulation of situations that cannot necessarily be uh, done experimentally. And so we have a lot of uh, computational mo mathematical models that we develop and build. Uh, most of them are uh, around heat and mass transport. You know, when it comes to something like rice drying, you're dealing with movement of moisture from within the rice to the outside environment. And so uh, it's very important. Sometimes we do a lot of modeling, you know, how that rice moves from the center of the rice all the way outside. It's very hard to do uh, a measurement. And so mathematical modeling becomes very, very important in those kind of diffusion type of research. Uh, once we do those models, of course, we do validation. Uh, in terms of validation, we definitely have to set up some uh, experiments in the lab that capture uh, the design that we try to model and, and then validate those models. And typically, after we do those validation, which are pretty much experimental in the lab, uh, the goal is to implement some of these techniques or the results in the industry. And so we have to coordinate our liaise with the industry partners and see how we can uh, implement some of these or test them on a larger scale. Uh, some of these might involve equipment development. You know, it might start from maybe just designing on the computer to building it in the lab and then finally trying to implement it at a higher scale uh, to meet the kind of throughputs or space uh, footprint requirements, uh, environmental footprint requirement that the, the industry might be needing. So I would say we address research in three stages. Number one, we do mathematical modeling. We do lab-based research to prove some of those mathematical models. Uh, and then we also try to scale up these techniques working in conjunction with the industry partners. So you're doing uh, some modeling, some lab research, as, as well as some field trials. Is, is that correct? Excellent, yes. And uh, you, you briefly mentioned moisture there. And uh, Abbas, I'm wondering if you are using moisture in your research and if you're using water activity as a measurement. And, and if so, how are you taking those water activity measurements and why are they important? Um, thank you. So in any microbial work, um, moisture and water activities are very important to determine the growth rate of um, microorganisms on food matrices. So for sure, um, moisture and water activity are very important for me. So we have um, an equipment called vapor Option Analyzer, <clears throat> simply put VSA, um, that we acquire from your company, Aqualab. And this equipment has been of great use in um, determining the moisture um, content and water activity and how we can use that to limit or address microbial growth on rice. So you're using the, the Aqualab VSA to create isotherms, and then you're using that to, to predict if microbial growth can occur. Is, is that correct? Right. So that kind of gives us an indication of what could happen over time. So like um, my advisor mentioned, Dr. Tsungulu mentioned, 
we still need to do some storage to actually see um, experimentally what is going on over time. Um, and also, I also heard in um, one of your previous podcasts about the Aqualab 40E equipment. And I kind of mentioned about um, the academic discounts. And I think that is what we, at some point, we may want to explore the opportunity. Yeah, um, Meter Group has definitely made it a, an effort uh, or a point to, to work with universities like you guys and, and lots of other universities, because I think it is um, important for you guys to have the best tools that are out there so that you can measure water activity or create isotherms. And a lot of what you do drives the, the industry and, and they see what you're doing. And so um, we're, we're always happy to partner with universities like, like you guys. Um, Dr. Atungulo, what else do you hope to, to do with these isotherms? Are you looking at shelf life? Are, are you looking at physical properties of the rice? Um, wh what is your focus with this type of data? Uh, like I mentioned in the, in, in, in the beginning, you know, we, when you come to processing of rice, rice is harvested at uh, about 21% moisture content to 23% moisture content. Ideally, we need to remove moisture out of that rice and bring it down to about 12.5% uh, or 13% moisture content. Uh, when you are removing this moisture, the rate at which this moisture is removed is very, very critical to the integrity of the rice kernel. Uh, and the temperature at which you're removing it is also very, very critical to the uh, material state gradients within the rice kernel. As you know, uh, rice is uh, composed primarily of starch and as the moisture reduces, uh, the material changes uh, from one state to the other. And uh, those transitions are very, very important to pick when you're doing your drying process, because if you don't do it right, uh, there's some things we call fissures, or in, in general terms, we call them small cracks. Those cracks, when they are established within the rice kernel, which has to go through a milling process, uh, the rice kernel tend to weaken mechanically. And when the rice kernel weakens mechanically, it breaks during the milling process. That breakage is something that the producer does not want to see because uh, the producer is paid based on uh, the total volume of head rice, where head rice is the unbroken rice or rice kernel that is about 75% in length of the original uh, milled rice. And so uh, these isotherms are very important for us. Number one, to establish the moisture relationship between uh, the temperature and the material properties, you know, during the drying process or during the storage process to minimize things like fissure formation. And also as Abbas has mentioned, to minimize any potential microbial growth because any form of microbial growth again weakens the rice kernel, makes it to fissure uh, during uh, any, any uh, drying process. Uh, but most importantly, you know, uh, we also want to be able to avoid macrotoxins that could form on the rice kernel after the whole process of drying. And this macrotoxin could form on a whole kernel or it could form on milled rice flour. And so uh, those are some of the things that we are trying to use the vapor absorption analyzer to understand the relationships between uh, the material, uh, the temperature, and the moisture or the water activity within the material. Uh, Self-life prediction is very, very important for us, uh, especially, uh, I'm, I'm sure you are now familiar with uh, what we call minute rice uh, or instant rice or uh, individually cooked frozen rice. This is rice that has been pre-cooked. And uh, once it's been pre-cooked, 
it is packed and uh, the cons all the consumer need to do is to get it and put it in the microwave and then consume it. Uh, the self-life of this kind of commodity is becoming very, very critical for the consumer. And mostly when you mix them with different ingredients, you might throw in some spices in uh, when you're doing your processing, that changes the entire matrix of rice and throws in a completely different equation in terms of how that rice is going to interact with the moisture available and interact with the, with the, with the packaging material that you have. And so understanding things like uh, 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 the moisture characteristics in those kind of packaging environments that we are putting instant rice is very, very critical for us. And uh, the VSA is one of those tools that is really, really helpful in terms of predicting the safe life of different uh, matrices of food, uh, rice mixed with different ingredients, cooked in different uh, uh, styles. And so just beside understanding the phase transitions that help us control fishing, uh, just understand, uh, getting idea on the isotherm that help us to predict uh, the shelf life and, and also the, the packaging requirement is, this is one of those things that I think we are benefiting a lot from uh, the VSA technique of measuring isotherms. And when that rice cracking happens, what's the economic impact? Does, a, does the, the farmer or, or the, the processor, do they have to get rid of that product? Do they have to use it for something else? What, what kind of financial impact um, are you seeing well, with these types of problems? Well, it is huge. It's huge. Uh, just to give you an estimate right now, when you have rice, it comes in a, in a rough rice form. That is before you remove the hull. Uh, the price of that is about three to four uh, bushel, uh, uh, dollars per bushel of rice. Now, when you mill that rice, if you get whole milled rice, then it, it's about nine dollars per bushel of rice. That is whole kernels that are just milled uh, without any fishes. But if there occurs any fish on that rice and rice cracks, the economic value of that rice drops to almost, by almost 60%. So from nine, uh, dollars uh, per bushel. Now you are talking about 40% of that is the return that you are getting. And these farmers produce several bushels of rice, uh, thousands and thousands of bushels of rice. And so if you factor in about a 60% reduction in, in, in your income, it is it's huge. And uh, of course, there's a way they are able to leverage or get some benefit out of that broken rice by taking it to maybe the animal feed industries or to the flour industries or to the pet food industries. But in general, it is a, it represents an economic loss. So any improvement that you can make on the head rice yield to the farmer uh, really, really improves their bottom line. And that is one of the key areas that we are doing research in, preserving the head yeah, rice. We're yield. talking major dollars, it sounds like, to, to have this issue and, and um... I'll be interested to see your research and see how you're able to use isotherms to, to make some predictions, not only on shelf life, but also on the types of packaging that you, you should be using. Uh, Abbas, I, I know we've been talking a lot about rice and, and that's what your research is focused on, but what other products can, can benefit from this type of research? Um, can you take that again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. You know, we've been talking a lot about rice and, and these specific problems for rice. But are there other grains and, and maybe other products that you see your research in and the work of the, the rice processing program? Where else can this information be used to benefit different products? All right. Thank you. 
Um, so as I mentioned, we have two novel techniques we use in the lab, um, which are microwave eating system and infrared eating system. So we've used these two systems usually for rice, but also we've also used it for corn and can be used for many other grains out there or any other food products that needs to be dried after harvesting um, and to prevent microbial or toxin production on them. So this area of research holds huge promise, no doubt, in making um, our foods more safe and to limit the production of toxin in human food, pet food, and other animal feed food. And uh, Abbas, what's next for you? Uh, are, are you wrapping up some projects? Are you starting new projects? Um, what do the, the next couple years for you in school look like? And what do you hope to do after school? Um, so in the immediate, I'll say um, what next is to keep generating good quality data for my um, advisor, Dr. Zungulu here. And um, in the long run, um, for sure, I'll still be focusing on carrying out research on rice and other grains because I'm really interested in the mycotoxin part of grains. So I can easily extend that into rice, corn, wheat, sorghum, whatever you. So um, I hope to wrap up my PhD in about two years from now. And then do you plan to, to stay in this uh, type of industry in, in grains or do you plan to go back home? What do you think uh, the future holds for you? Um, it's hard to predict the future, but for now, I'll say um, the area of research or trying to find out um, aflatoxin or other mycotoxin on grains holds um, huge problems, as I've mentioned. So there are a lot of questions to answer. And um, I'll be more than willing and be happy to go into that and see what I find out. And what about you, Dr. Atudengulu? What's next for you? Are, are you going to continue focusing on this research and, and continue to your time at University of Arkansas? Uh, what, do you, what do you see in the next couple of years uh, for your, yourself? Yes, thank you. I think more than ever, uh, I'm going to continue uh, putting a lot of emphasis on rice-related research. Like I mentioned, rice is a primary, primary commodity here in the, at Arkansas. We are seeing a lot of needs. We are seeing a huge uh, impact even in the breeding areas, uh, which means new cultivars are coming every year with improved attributes. And those still need a lot of attention in terms of post-harvest systems engineering research. And so uh, my emphasis is still continuing to uh, kind of double down in that line. I want to produce more of a bus, basically by doing more of teaching and training of graduate students. Uh, and I believe when they do, when they succeed, they go out there, they become a significant resource to, uh, to the rice industry. Uh, more than ever, I think I want to continue engaging my uh, stakeholders uh, uh, in the field, uh, the industry partners that I work with, uh, so that I can identify some of the key issues that they're having and see how we can address that. Uh, so in general, I, I think uh, there's a lot of opportunity for us to do more to impact the industry. And uh, there's huge, huge uh, economic impact that I think we can do with our research. So that is my, uh, uh, my plan. And uh, of course, with my role as the director of the rice processing program, uh, I wanna see how I can liaise with other faculty members who are also having interest in rice, you know, multidisciplinary wise and see how we can do work that uh, 
cuts across different spectrum. There's a lot of work that's being done right now, even in the genetics area. You know, uh, there are new technologies that are trying to uh, do things like gene editing to improve uh, uh, the quality of rice. How can, my goal is to find out how we can interface with them in different uh, ways and, and help improve basically the, the quality of rice that we get. Well, I, I just want to end by saying thank you guys so much for your time. I, I know that the, the rice industry, the grain industry, um, is, is really going to benefit from your research. They, they already have and, and they continue uh, or will continue to do so. And it makes me really happy to, to see people at universities like, like yourself using the tools that, that Meter makes. That's, that's kind of why I, I enjoy doing my job. And, you know, we're, we're always here to consult with you and, and help you get the most out of those instruments and um, help you lead your industry. Um, but of course, that, that requires the right tools. So thank you guys again for your time today and good luck with the rest of your semester. And, and we hope to have you on sometime in the future to, to learn about um, any updates with your program and, and what you're working on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the time to be with you. Thank you. You're welcome. See you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.